Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making Vinyl at MasterDisc. I'm Scott Hull, Chief Engineer and Owner of MasterDisc in New York, and we come to you with another episode of Making Vinyl. Today, it's a little different. Uh, and today, instead of answering questions from the uh, from the floor, um, we've got a fairly recent news item to discuss. If you follow vinyl closely, you've already heard about it. But if you haven't, uh, one of the major manufacturers of uh, lacquer, um, a company who's called Apollo Masters, um, their factory and storage facility in California uh, was destroyed by fire um, this past week. Uh, today's uh, February 10th. So this happened just about uh, five or six days ago. But in any case, this event it's obvious has uh, replic- replications, rep- repercussions, repercussions all throughout the uh, the vinyl industry. And um, I'm I'm here today again with my trusted sidekick KJ from the Odyssey. Hello, hello. Hey man, glad you're here because this is uh, uh we all usually have a lot of fun, but uh, uh, this one's a kind of a serious topic. Does that mean that I can't suggest that we rename the podcast to "Not Making Vinyl with Masterpiece"? <laughs> oh well, they'll say- too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Yes. Got it. So uh, let's do a little background for our, our, our listeners. I mean, some of you are, you know, mastering and maybe even cutting it, uh, students or engineers. And so may, you may know all about this process, but I think it's probably worth giving a little background because we've talked about some of these things before. But a record is made in a press, in a pressing plant. Prior to being pressed, the metal parts that are needed in the press are made at a plating facility. The parts that are plated in the plating facility are cut in a mastering studio, and typically they're cut on a lacquer blank, a flat piece of metal covered with um, lacquer. And we call it lacquer. It's it's actually a, a fairly complex formula of a whole bunch of different compounds. But um, it's a little bit like a dried paint or a semi-dried paint. It also kind of smells like and kind of looks like um, um, uh, nail polish. And it has some of the same characteristics as, as nail polish. But um, it doesn't ever get quite as hard as nail polish does. So it stays sort of semi-soft and that allows us to cut into it. Those blanks were um, manufactured at this plant in Apollo in California. Um, and there's only one other place on the planet right now that is making lacquer blanks, and that's a, a plant in Japan. Uh, we've been buying parts you know, with these with these blank lacquers from both facilities. Um, the um, the plant in Japan uh, has only been uh, making them for a few years, but Apollo and Transco, the two companies that are represented there in, in their plant, uh, go back many, many decades. I mean, uh, uh, Apollo and Transco were separately making record blanks um, uh, 38 or 39 years ago when I first started at MasterDisc. So this company's been around for a long time. You know, (laughs) can I just interject a question here? Sure. How the F-bomb, are there only two companies in the world making this stuff? Well, it seems crazy now in the midst of this resurgence of vinyl, but uh, there weren't only two companies. There were, you know... Of twelve at one point, and there was a six- oh, so there are only two companies left making this. Yeah, stuff. the when vinyl stopped being cool <laughs> during the awful, you know, digital only days. <laughs> um, <laughs> Insert dramatic music here. <laughs> Apollo was really the only company that was able to survive that, 
they they kept making blanks. There was a very small uh, disco and DJ market, um, uh, and there was you know some diehard consumers, but there were very 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 few labels making new records, and so they hung on. Um, and uh, they then ramped up their production significantly over the past uh, five to ten years as the world rediscovered vinyl and their you know their love for the, the black plastic. Yeah, it, it it goes pretty deep. Um, I, I'm repeating from what I've been told and for, from what I've surmised from what I know about about lacquers. It's not an easy process to make, and it's an even more difficult process to to hurry. Uh, in, in other words, um, I, I sometimes make the analogy, in, in this case, to, to food. When I'm not making an analogy to automobiles and racing, it's a, a food, food analogy. Uh, yeah, it, does this one have to do with quesadillas or pizza or something? <laughs> no, you know that, that that really fun dessert you get at the end of the uh, uh, when you're really splurging on a big meal and you get that like chocolate bomb d- you know, cake d- uh, dessert, the molten, the molten lava, lava cake. cake kind of thing. Yeah, they all have yes. different names. Well, I learned the hard way that those things take three days to make. Oh, so so this is so this takes forever to do. I assume that it's capital intensive. I assume that it you know that you have to hire and train a staff that there's certain machines involved there's a reason that nobody picked up on the fact that vinyls had a resurgence for the past i don't know how many years and maybe you know there's a market for these things well i I was told that there's a company that makes uh, recording tape in france that has been trying to make lacquers and has been uh, diligently working towards that task for over a year and still doesn't have a product that we can reliably cut on in in a hundred words or less, can you tell me why they why why why, why they're failing? Um, the formula is a trade secret um, uh, uh, for obvious reasons. So it's not just you can't just go buy lacquer. Um, the cutting properties that we require to produce a quiet record um, have you know like point zero 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 one tolerance for imperfections or or, or um, batch problems or mixture problems or humidity problems um, so uh, it's hard to maintain a lacquer uh, uh, production line even once you've produced them uh, it's hard to keep producing them very hand intensive process just like <laughs> for all the reasons that we love vinyl um, uh, you know we have the same issues with the uh, with the lacquer manufacturer i can literally receive a box of 25 lacquers and for no explainable reason you know the third one from the top uh, sounds amazing gotcha <laughs> well okay so 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 um so the apollo and the the company the japanese company that's like coke and pepsi and in their vault is the secret formula to awesome lacquers and here comes this other company, the the tape manufacturer, and they want to be the RC Cola, um, if that's even I don't know Dr Pepper, if that's even still a reference anyway. And, and but they they haven't quite got a formula that anybody likes to drink at the moment. Well, is that yeah? That's step one. Um, step one is figuring out the formula, but you, the, the formula is tied directly to the to the machinery and the methods that you use to make them. Um, it's it's classic old world brain trust information that's that's needed, and um, really the only way that it's that it's gained is by purchasing the the assets and 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 um, staff from an existing company or spending a 
heck of a lot of time experimenting and and making and having failures. Mm. Um, you know, it's I, I can't really describe how difficult the process it is. Uh, um, this lacquer has to be um, of, of exactly the right um, firmness to be able to hold the groove and not just snap back like jello. Um, it has to be able to be, uh, when it's cut, uh, the chip or the piece of the, of the record that we're taking out, the groove, has to be able to be sucked out and off of the disc in such a way in one continuous strand. In other words, it has to be able to be separated like a, a, a strand or a bead. Um, and um, it has to stick appropriately to aluminum, so it has to have a, a, enough adhesion that it'll stay on the lacquered blank. Oh, and then it has to be able to survive about a 200-degree um, uh, um, a plating bath uh, so that the metal parts can be grown off of it after it's, uh, after it's been cut. There are modern materials, but I'm told by experts that do this stuff for a living that there aren't any modern materials at the moment that we know of that have all of these, uh, the electrical and the, the, the density and the porosity, all these big scientific words. There's no other, there's no other way to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so for part of the sidebar, there are other blanks that we can cut into. Uh, um, we've talked about uh, briefly about DMM. So at the moment, we have one supplier in, the, in Japan that up to this point was only supplying about 25% of the worldwide market. Um, it depends on who you ask. That number somewhere in the 25 to 30%. But, you know, so now the, the world is trying to get their supply of lacquers from this one plant. So everyone's going to be on short supply. So DMM is uh, completely a separate process. Uh, direct metal mastering is what DMM stands for. And the metal they use is copper. So that is a copper coating on a stainless steel plate. Hmm. But the rest of the process is kind of similar. Uh, the differences that most people note are one of um, aesthetic differences between the two. And as it turns out, uh, direct metal mastering uh, tends to be a little less expensive because, well, one, it's it's <laughs> it's done in countries where um, quality of living isn't as high, so the prices are lower. Uh, premium, uh, presently, mostly done in the Czech Republic at this point. So... Um, so um, environmental concerns and and uh, human rights uh, concerns aren't aren't nearly as as high a priority as they are in the U.S. Indeed, there will still be records made, and and I think one of the underlying um, important facts that I want to point out here is that this is does not mean the sudden end of of record releases, but it does mean that we have to think a little more carefully uh, about how we use our lockers, and if we're going to continue to have a vinyl to care about and to uh, swoon over and to review and talk about and and justify spending lots of money on on cartridges and tone arms and turntables and and tube power amps and things like that as a group you know we have to we have to make sure we have adequate supply of the raw materials and and this is a, a, a is a big issue um but what i did also want to mention is there's a, some polycarbonate some plastic discs that can be cut onto to actually make records but they don't sound the same as uh, black vinyl records. Um, and there's also a process, which I've alluded to occasionally on, on previous episodes, uh, HD vinyl. 
They have in development now a process that will eliminate the need for lacquer and for any disc cutting at all. They're going to go straight to being able to make a stamper with a laser beam. The jury's really out as to whether this is even possible or how it's going to sound, but they're getting closer and closer to being able to do it. The bad news is it's going to be really expensive and it's going to be a slow process. So it's not going to be a good substitute for our tried and true lacquer, uh, which gets it done you know, pretty, relatively easily, and it's done pretty quickly. So the question, <laughs> I think the question that Bear's asking is, is can, can the Japanese company ramp up and supply the other 70% of the market? And are they going to quintuple prices? Uh, um, that's that's uh, that's all of the above. Um, <laughs> uh, they are um, uh, as as of the last communication we've had them with them. They are rationing their supply so that each each customer gets us you know a a small amount, uh, presumably enough to so they can stay open. And the second point is they don't know. Um, what's going to happen to their prices? Um, I think once uh, once the once we get a, a week or two into this and see what else is going to happen, I, I think it might be a mistake for them to radically raise the prices. Well, I don't know. It's not my business. Um, I'm actually forced into the same problem. Um, it won't be too long before I have to choose which projects I'm going to um, record onto my the, the few lacquers I have available mm-hmm. per month per month, and um, so there's going to be some fallout. I think a consumers not going to see it uh, until maybe Christmas time this year. There might be fewer releases, but there's still a lot of capacity in direct metal. And um, you know, if you're a real fan of of the original lacquer made records, you might have to look a little harder to find them. And um, anybody I talk to, I'm going to encourage them to actually put on the outside of the disc, you know, uh, that it's a, a little real lacquer uh, icon of some sort that uh, that uh, kind of test testimony to the uh, to the way the record was cut. So so master you you and masters don't have to necessarily turn away clients in the you know in in the intervening months as much as you have to decide which ones are going to get real lacquer and which ones are going to get an alternate method. Is that the case? Well, we only have facilities for lacquer. So, um, gotcha. but uh, here's the double-edged side of the sword. If we raise our prices as because uh, demand is out as outreaching our supply, um, then more people will choose DMM as an alternative process. So, at the moment, people are paying a little bit more to use lacquers. Um, that bar will just move to another look. In other words, the people who are on the fence about spending the extra money for lacquer um, will be compelled to make their records on DMM because of the higher prices. Right, it's gotcha. um, it's early. It's really still kind of early, but um, given the conversations that I've been seeing on social media and uh, in the press, I actually just got a phone interview with a reporter from the New York Times that wanted to run an article about this the replication i keep screwing that up the imp- the uh, how this uh, <laughs> repercussions repercussions thank you you think i could get like it's a <laughs> i'm i'm here for you it's, i'm your <laughs> i'm your thesaurus it's like a a um, a uh, a percussionist with a stutter i guess is what it is <laughs> i'm just going to let that one sail by <laughs> percussion repercussions sorry folks i am an audio engineer not a, not a linguist. 
Um, <laughs> Two syllables max. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do you think? That's that's what that's what we usually have to say when someone asks ask us how, <laughs> how when someone asks us how does it sound. We usually say I, I, I don't know. How do you, what do you think? <laughs> so I'm going to mention something that you know I feel compelled to have mentioned earlier now, and that's that nobody was hurt. Um, is what I read. Nobody was hurt in this thing. Nobody died in the fire. Yes, I wouldn't. We, we wouldn't be making um, any sort of light of this if uh, if that had been the case. Um, the well, st- I don't know. I, I I might still be making fun of it. No, story, no, the, p- perhaps not. No, the perhaps story um, that was in the paper, um, which you can look up, the company Apollo Masters, and literally if you. Uh, uh, Google Apollo Masters fire. Uh, you'll uh, see the you know, black plume of smoke uh, rising from this uh, building in in um, in California. The sort of good news is that uh, the material that they had stored there, lacquer. Um, um, uh, the bad news is it's incredibly flammable. The good news is it burns very very quickly. <laughs> so. Um, huh. I, I, uh, the building fire was actually contained within a couple hours, but the building was a complete destruction. was completely destroyed. Jeez. Um, yeah, the manager, um, one of the managing partners of the of the facility, told um, told a friend that uh, it sounded like uh, the first indication that they knew that there was a problem. It sounded like a truck had had driven into the building. Um, uh, they thought they literally, you know, like they're like. Someone had had backed into the building on the loading dock. It was this huge bang, and then they looked out and over the the floor and saw the fire starting out. And everybody scrambled and got out, and there was nobody injured. It was and no firefighters injured and in, in putting it out as well, which is also very very fortunate for everybody involved. Um, so, uh, do, do we know when they'll be back up and running? No, they haven't. They haven't committed to to much of anything. Um, well, machinery would have been destroyed as well. Um, I, I would be really surprised if it could be salvaged. They would have stockpiled probably a year's worth or, or maybe potentially even more worth of the raw materials needed to make a record. So they're going to have to, besides rebuilding a facility, besides rebuilding the, the, the line, besides all the testing and alignment and the quality control and everything else, they're going to have to resource all, resource all of the lacquer. Now, there's a fair amount of money in the vinyl business now, so there's potential for someone to, to come along and invest and, and, and solve these problems. And I'm pretty confident, to be honest. I, I, I'm not really one of the... Um, the sky is falling kind of chicken little sort of thoughts on this matter. I'm, I'm actually pretty confident that uh, the minds that we have in, in the, the record-making business will find a solution. Well, but st- still, I mean, as discussed, somebody's got to have the recipe for Coke, right? It's- oh, well, you know, the, MDC, the, the plant from Japan um, is called MDC, and, and uh, they use a different formula. They uh, invented their own uh, formula, and... Um, and it's different. It has a different characteristic than the Transco, and it has a different characteristic than the Apollo lacquers. So, um, mm. you know, uh, when we had two or three uh, lines going at the same time, you picked which one, which ones were the best, or which ones that were, were going to get the job done. I actually haven't mentioned. Uh, uh, there's a little confusion. Uh, potential confusion there. Uh, Transco used to be completely independent from Apollo, but a number of years ago, Apollo purchased the Transco line and its formula. And housed them both um, in their one big facility in California. So we actually lost two lines of lacquers in the one in the one fire. 
Jeez. And I left out another interesting point. That facility was pretty much well, was one of the significant um, uh, makers of the cutting styli that we used, to the, the little sapphire-tipped um, uh, styli that we used to cut the record um, were actually manufactured at that Apollo plant and um, and sourced from other um, uh, locations as well. So we're uh, in a mad scramble to find cutting styli now in addition to trying to find lacquers. So it's uh, it's an interesting time. Uh, yeah, interesting to say the least. And uh, I guess it won't make your job any any easier. No, and um, the reason for the news being the podcast is so people you know who want to learn a little bit more about why this is an important factor, why why it matters so much, you know, they can learn a little bit about it. But also to let people know that you know, records aren't going to go away. There's still other ways of making them, and that we're going to get this get the lacquer process. Um, well. Let me put it a different way. Um, lacquers aren't haven't gone away. There is still one very substantial manufacturer of it. Um, it's we're just going to have to um, make do with what we got. We're just going to have to it's gonna have to deal with the rationing, and there will be some disappointed people in the process. But that's hmm. interestingly enough. I've mentioned the making vinyl conference several times um, uh, during the podcast, and I, I've attended all three of them, and at each one of them at least once or twice during each one of those conferences, uh, someone got on the mic and said, uh, why aren't we talking about lacquers? We only have two manufacturers of lacquers worldwide. And if one of those you know, manufacturers went away, uh, we'd be, you know, insert um, unpleasant uh, adjective. Screwed? Uh, yeah, at least. <laughs> Um, well, um, well, wasn't that oppression statement from that person? I hope that person bought a lottery ticket that day because <laughs> they really called it. Well, really did, and um, um, it's uh, tragic, and and um, we're 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 all trying to sort of pull together as a community to um, uh, to do something about it. But at the same time, we're all struggling to make ends meet and to pay our staffs and uh, keep our keep people employed and to keep the the lights on in our facilities. So. Uh, it's a it's an interesting time. It's it's not um, it's not like a you know like a potato famine you know where the government should get involved in subsidized vinyl manufacturing or something. But um, it is a, it's an area where um, I'm not quite sure what to suggest. <laughs> um, it's it's actually still kind of fresh in our minds, and we're we're all kind of uh, discussing what it means to us and how we're gonna how we're gonna react, how we're gonna um, try to get by. Well, there was no way we were going to come up solution with a solution today on this podcast, but uh, you know, <laughs> hence the, you know, but I, it's you know, it's interesting. I mean, it, you know, I, I have a feeling this is going to be a subject of conversation for uh, subsequent episodes as as the story sort of develops. Film at eleven. Yes, I guess so. Um, I, that's that's kind of it for the newscast. Look up for the, the the more details as they come along, but you'll probably going into the uh, holiday season probably notice. Um, uh, maybe notice fewer titles um, uh, uh, in display. I, I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, I know the the folks that uh, are cutting DMM and, and plating um, DMM uh, in, in Europe are um, uh, probably have the capability of doing more um, than they're doing. So they'll probably be able to make up the difference. It's unfortunate that um, that places like mine and um, probably the you know hundred or so other uh, cutting uh, facilities, um, you know. It might lose out on market share, and it may stay gone. It, it, it may have a um, a lasting impact on our on our business. We'll we'll just have to see. 
Indeed. And listeners, if you, uh, you know, if you, if you notice anything in the, you know, fewer, fewer vinyl records or an artist, a uh, record from an artist you love that, you know, was going to come out and didn't come out, um, hit us up, you know, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, on Facebook at masterdisc.com. Let us know what you, what you see. And, um, you know, we could include your, your comments or observations in the next episode. I'm going to re- reiterate. There's some very smart people uh, involved in this, as not to not the least of which was the the company that had the devastating fire. So, um, their their knowledge and brain trust is is going to go somewhere. Um, if 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 they rebuild, um, then everything will be fine. Or if they get redistributed to other places that are going to start making lacquers, then then maybe it won't take them a year to get up to speed. So, um, so it's an opportunity for somebody with a couple million dollars uh, um, <laughs> to start a like. Oh, can I write a check? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't. Yeah, well, Marcus, sure, you can write a check for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there you go. Well, um, we'll we'll you know we'll follow the story as it unfolds. Yep, you heard it here, second. Um, Indeed. Yes. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you by the number two and the word repercussion. Repercussions. Yes, it's a. Um, um, it's actually a four-piece um, percussion ensemble, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> They're repercussions. Now we're going to have to start a band called Repercussions, <laughs> which you won't be able to say. I'm going to end our listeners' misery with a sign-off here. And uh, thank everyone for listening, uh, despite our um, slap happiness today. <laughs> this has been Making Vinyl at MasterDisc. We'll hit you up with another episode very shortly. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. I'll see everyone. <laughs>